This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Weekends were made for sports. Now do the robot voice. I want to hear it again. Meet more sharp robot. That's a terrible robot voice. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Where are the turtles? Where are the turtles? Come on, guys, get out of here. Where are the turtles? And Rashad Taylor. Nobody calls me Lebowski. You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude, man. On 1080 The Fan. Hour number two on Sports Sunday, and I just realized that I played this open for the first hour. Yeah. Just on you top of it. it. Just yeah. firing on all sides. I was going to ask. Yeah, I was going to ask. Like, <laughs> did you just like this open better, or is this your joint? I will say I do like the clip from, uh, I believe it's Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the robot voice. Yeah. That always cracks me up when I hear that. It's a terrible robot voice. <laughs> no, I've you know I've only watched that show a couple times. It's it's funny. You know, Sandberg can be kind of corny to my points. <laughs> I, I will say he's got some of the best facial expressions, though, in, like, Hollywood uh, some of his music videos with like Lonely Island. Oh like, man, that dude is such karate a- guy is, is is one of my favorites, man. <laughs> that dude is such a goofball. Yeah, like he's intermissive sometimes. But <laughs> just the facial expressions kill me on that. Um, what's uh? All right, so we got to get to the NFL here because right. I had to look at the calendar. I'm like, so what does the uh, NFL start up? They two to three weeks is what we're looking at. They got their Thursday night game in basically two and a half weeks, opening Sundays in three weeks. And S has kind of hit the fan when it comes to their COVID-19 testing. So it was reported this morning that they had to shut down or reschedule, postpone multiple practices for teams because of basically they have a New Jersey lab that does uh, testing for some of the teams And they got a litany of false positives from this New Jersey lab. Like 10 teams total were affected. The Buffalo Bills had at least um, nine players. Chicago Bears, they had nine positive results from their Saturday test regimen. Uh, Cleveland Browns canceled their Sunday practice entirely. Said that they received multiple presumptive positive tests from players, coaches, and support staff. Um, again, the Bills, the Jets, the Steelers, saying that six players missed practice because of the COVID-19 protocols, um, but they'll be returning to meetings. Vikings, again, said eight players, a coach, and three staff members. So uh, we are very, very close to NFL week one, and 
they don't have their testing right, essentially. I mean, that's I mean, that's what it is. I mean, when you have this happening, this amount of teams that have to say, whoa, okay, uh, let's shut things down today. Um, what the hell's going on? I mean, this is one of the most powerful sports organizations in the world, and maybe they need to call up the NBA and ask them to step in and help out with the testing and everything because we are really close to the first games. And, again, like I said, S is hitting the fan for the NFL. This is just – this is the NFL, you know, and they're, they're going to press forward anyway. <laughs> right. You know, regardless of – if some of these may very well be false positives. I mean, I guess that's the good news yeah, is that, guess, you know, I'd like, rather have a false positive than a false negative and yeah. then them in the facility practicing. No, absolutely. So. And so I, I guess that's a, a good thing they were able to kind of find out if they were possible. But now I'm just like, I, I question the validity, validity of all the tests. Yeah, that's you been know? a and rough I think part. That's, and I think that's the big thing. When you have this many mistakes, like one or two you can explain, right? You can explain, you know, out of – I don't know how many guys in the NFL are getting tested. Well over a thousand, you know. At that point, um, I can explain ten tests. Right. That that okay. That isn't. But this many teams, nine teams. That's a quarter of the league, you know. So that many teams have been have a, have at least one or two false uh, false positives. That's not cool. And and then from there, just because of the false positive, you instantly have to go into self quarantine. So you're away from your family, you're away from whatever, and then, oh, yeah, I don't really I don't really have it, you know. So now you've taken time away from work and everything, trying to get ready for this, what's going to be an abbreviated season already, what's going to be an abbreviated camp already, and now you're taking reps away from that guy who really needs him to get back out there and get in football shape to get out there and play some, play some ball, which shouldn't even be, be being played at, in the first place. Like, I'm not going to. I'm I'm still not really on board with them playing football just yet. You know, we still there's still so much there's I don't know if there's a vaccine in sight at this point. As far as we know, we've heard of some stuff, but no one knows anything. What do you talk about? The Russians yeah. said they have one, of man. Course. Let's of trust course. them. Of let's course. let's <laughs> just ask for a shipment, huh? Of course, right? So, <laughs> you know, while we're waiting for our shipment from Russia, you know, <laughs> then now then what? You know, so there's still like I said a lot about this virus that we don't know and understand and i just think you're you're putting multiple people and their families at risk and especially i'm not there's no talk of a of an nfl bubble at this point so or is there i don't think i haven't heard any talk they, of an nfl they've bubble. Uh, they've talked about it considered it for the playoffs but then again that's um i mean that's yeah, a that, whole that's beast a in whole, itself that's a whole season away you know yeah. from from getting there you know we see what's happening with major league baseball right now now multiply those numbers by three, yeah. Because that's how many people are on a football team. Yeah, you got a roster of not fifty three this year. I think they upped it to like fifty six. Fifty six, yeah. yeah. And then you got staff, coaches. I mean, the traveling party. How much does that consist of? You know, assist. You know, you talk at least a hundred people. Absolutely, assistants and trainers and doctors and you know all these people that you have to travel with the team and even a, a limited capacity like you can't even like take half of your coaches i'm going to leave my special teams coach away from the game and he's not going to call you know i'm going to leave my offensive line or, or or linebackers coach you know somewhere no you're going to bring those guys to the game with you as well because the head coach doesn't have time to be head coach for you know seven different positions you right. know we need those guys there so it's like how do you limit the number of people that are there i just think there's too many variables to to football being played. And at this point, man, 
they still need they need to figure out how this testing thing is go, is going to work. Who exactly? And mind you, we don't. Who are the experts right now in COVID testing? Yeah. Are there experts right now in COVID testing? So yeah. it's it's. I just know that at this point, like tra- the travel part is going to make things worse. So, <laughs> yeah. So that's the one thing that we can all agree on. Don't believe us? Look at baseball. Go yep. ask. Go ask what team. What games have been canceled? Uh, a couple just recently. Well, uh, well they had the Reds. They had to uh, shut it down. Uh, they had one case, but I think that makes them the third or fourth team that have had to postpone or cancel games. And then they have to do the seven inning double headers, which is just ah. Uh, so baseball yeah. should be seven innings anyway, but I digress. Um, calm down. This isn't a little league here. I'm just. Well, I'm saying. Hey, listen. Nine innings. Of a of a of a one to one to nothing game is not fun. Be I'm careful. Saying. It's not fun, bro. Listen, they've already made adjustments by adding this silly base runner and in extra innings um, to second base, like at the start of the tenth inning. And I'm that's minor league stuff to me, but I'll deal with then, it for one year. I want to get out of here. I don't want to have. A, <laughs> I don't want to have. So you want? Hey, so I wait, get so that for minor leagues. You're a baseball fan. Yes, so you're a baseball yeah. fan. You'd sit there for like 15 innings if it went that long. If it's an MLB game. Possibly. No, I'm going home. Um, this is stupid. But I've said this before is that I worked for the hops last year and in the minor leagues, they did this where they put a guy on second to start the extra innings. And it was hilarious because whenever they'd uh, reached that nine inning mark, and if it was, was going to extras, you just saw a flood of people leave the stands. Cause it was like, basically their mindset was like, all right, I, I got my obligation in. I got my nine innings of watching came, baseball. Listen, I'm going home. It's 10 o'clock. I'm not. <laughs> so you, so you let, you'd let big Joe stay out there until. Hey, I don't go to a lot of MLB games. So if it, that was the case next year, yeah, I'd, I'd roll up my sweatshirt and make a pillow for him so yeah. he could sleep on the seat next to him, no, next to me man, or something. It's, it's, it's time to go. Like when Bla- I've been at blazer games and they go on like double overtime and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> yeah. no, let's go. I'm well, ready yeah, to go home. If they're playing like the Hornets in December, then I, I understand that, yeah. you know. But Even a good team, like, oh, let's go. Bro. Yeah, this but as stupid. as far as the NFL goes, and I, I will agree with some of the coaches and staff that said this, Mike Zimmer said it, is that thank God that this is happening now and not September 10th, Thursday night, when the first NFL game happens. I mean, they can sort this out for now try and figure out what's going on and where they need to fix this. Uh, but again, it just leaves you with a bad taste in your mouth. Like, all right, here we go. We are less than three weeks away from Texans Ravens or Texans chiefs. I believe is the Thursday night game. Boo. Um, and so they've got to work out some things before we get there or so, else. Oh, what's the over under? How many games do you expect football to play this year? I'm going to say they make it to to 8 games like yeah this is going to work. You say half the season? I think they I think they make it half the season. Man, it's I could so go so back and forth cuz as we get closer to the NFL starting, the more I want to tell myself that we're going to get a full season. You know, like we're going they're going to take care of it, they're going to be good. But that's just in these COVID days, it's almost like an there's you have an optimistic point of view. But then you have a real point of view where it's like, dude, this, uh, everybody says it. NFL football is the least social. Dis- this is not what you need to do when you have a pandemic going on. I mean, just plain and simple. So, no. I mean, eight games to me, that sounds uh, optimistic. You know, I would go almost less than that because, I, I mean, the one thing that they do have going for them, unlike baseball, is that it's not every day. You have one game a week. 
something does happen on a Monday, you can maybe fix things by game day. But I mean, it's all good till you lose that quarterback to your starting receiver can't and, go in that and quarterback room and the backups yeah. and then your offensive coordinator who spends a lot of time yeah. with the quarterbacks well, we talked too. about it Julian Edelman stepping in to play quarterback <laughs> for you because everybody's down so oh man yeah so speaking of uh players going down and not being able to play Baltimore Ravens safety or should I say former Baltimore Ravens safety Earl Thomas he's now looking for a new team Ravens have released Earl Thomas we will get to how that all happened and um, we just got to talk about Earl Thomas, man. It has been an interesting couple of years for one of the best safeties in the league. So we got Earl Thomas talk coming up next here on Sports Sunday, 1080 The Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, we got to get to Earl Thomas here, man. Things have popped off in the last couple days for him. He's had quite the interesting offseason to uh, bunking up with his brother (laughs) with a couple of females. Yeah. That was a few months ago. Not really social distancing in the bedroom. What's the problem? (laughs) Well, what are the issues? I mean, I don't even know if I want that type of relationship with my brother. (laughs) No, of course not. You know, but I mean, if if that's what you're into, I mean... If you don't mind, then <laughs> knock yourself out. Go for it. Go hey. for it, man. Um, well, he almost knocked out his teammate uh, Chuck Clark at practice on Friday of the Baltimore Ravens. Um, went and posted a video on his Instagram about the busted coverage that led to him throwing his helmet and then, yeah, getting a fight with a teammate. Um, Have you seen the fight? No, I've just seen the video of what led to the fight. Yeah, I want to see the fight, man. I don't care about the 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 coverage like it's practice like i don't care nothing about that um but yeah i mean and this came across the wire 30 minutes ago rashad breaking news to me because i haven't looked at my phone like at all during this whole show mm-hmm. but um this morning i was leaving the station uh for the station 8 30 get the notification that earl thomas might be getting released or traded by the baltimore ravens after his altercation and then an hour after that sure enough the Baltimore Ravens have released Earl Thomas, no longer on the team. And this comes after a year ago, them signing him to a four-year, $55 million contract, the largest contract given to a Ravens defensive player, um, which says a lot when you think about the studs that they've had on that side of the ball over the last uh, decade and a half. But Earl Thomas, man, just a tumultuous offseason Clearly one of the better safeties in the league. Didn't have that Earl Thomas-like season last year. Two picks, four pass breakups. Got stiff-armed to hell by Derrick Henry in the playoffs. So Earl Thomas, he's going to be on the move. They say that the Dallas Cowboys are going to be the one of the likely teams to pick him up. He said after the Seahawks and him were starting to go downhill, he wanted Dallas to come get him. So at this point, there's going to be a few teams that are going to want to stay away from him, not want to touch him because of what they see him do off the field and how he's ended things with now the Seahawks and the Ravens. Uh, uh, Jerry Jones seems like the guy that does not care about any of that all, loves to give guys second, third chances. So Cowboys might be a good spot for him, but just pretty eye-opening, man. Earl Thomas, it's it, it's been a bizarre last few months for him. Yeah, man, he's – well – 
he's just one of those dudes, man. Earl Thomas, and you know here from if you're a you know you're a Seahawks fan here in, in the Northwest, man, you know he's he's a fiery guy. You know that's just kind of a bit of who he is, and that's part of his personality, and that's actually part of why he is so good at at what he does. You know, but I just think at this point in his career, Earl Thomas is what thirty thirty one. You know, so he's older now. I think you're over being the the fiery kind of you know dude that just you know kind of gets in people's face and and, and makes a, makes an ass of himself like you know the, he played really well in Baltimore it should be noted and Baltimore is willing to take you know fifth, a 15 million dollar salary cap hit for letting him go Ugh, you know 15 that, million dollar salary cap hit you know 5 this year and 10 for next season like that's crazy. They're just they're willing to say, man, I will lose this fifteen million dollars, which can get me a probably a, a a veteran offensive lineman or something like that over the next little bit. Instead, uh, you'll just give that away because you, you're so ready to get away from Earl Thomas. Like this comes after, man. Obviously, he he had the he had an issue with his with his uh, with an offensive lineman from his team at a point. Uh, remember, he's the one that got stiff armed at the uh, and during the playoffs by Derrick Henry for the touchdown. Uh, he, he gave up that that crazy uh, Nick Chubb like eighty something yard touchdown in like week four right. yep. or whatever. Like yet and still he made the Pro Bowl this past year. Baltimore's defense was legit. Yeah, Pro Bowl to me is still it's, a popularity it's, it's nothing, contest. It's, you know, Pro Bowl is just everybody that's not going to the Super Bowl. Like if you're not right. going to the Super Bowl, then you can play in the Pro Bowl. I guess it's just a nice like second place kind of kind of trophy, I suppose. But yeah, he's just he's. The the day that I, that we all saw him go to Jason Garrett at that point and give him a hug and say, "Man, y'all, you know, come and get me, you know, or, you know, get, or get, kind of get me out of here." I don't can't remember if it was "Come and get me" or "Get me out of here." One of those two. But it was telling. It was like, "Dang, that's how you that's how you work." Like season's not even over, and he's a Texas that's, boy. That's so what you. I get it. I get it. And I, I, I totally back understand. Home. I totally understand. But when you, the team you were playing for could have used you, and they were they were on the on the brink of again a playoff and all type of stuff. So it was just weird that that happened, but this is just kind of who Earl Thomas is. I want to see the fight. I want to know what happened. I didn't even get to see the 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 helmet being thrown. I don't know why they would just post just the the the, the blown coverage. Like most people that don't well, win no sports don't care about that. Yeah, it and granted maybe just there was no video of the fight. Um they have those overhead cameras for, you know, to look at their schemes and everything in practice to review the film from practice. And that's what Earl Thomas posted was the video of the busted coverage. He posted that himself and then deleted it. But yeah, um, I'd, I'd be curious to see how that fight popped off. Granted in teammate fights, they usually get separated pretty quick. You don't want, you know, teammates going at each other, but uh, Hey man, Dallas, they haven't really had that great of a safety over the last decade or so, basically since like Roy Williams left. So, uh, he wants to come home and he's excited about it. No, let him. I mean, let him go. But if you're Dallas at this point, you gotta, you gotta really make a decision. Like if you sign Earl Thomas, I think you still have a quarterback that needs some money and is looking for some money. I'm not. Did they sign Dak? They gave. He's getting. The, he's gonna be on the franchise. He's gonna tag. be franchise yeah. tag. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure you, you, your quarterback is gonna be looking crazy if you go ahead and sign Earl Thomas because Earl Thomas is gonna want Earl Thomas money at that point, or at least something close to it. You know, so he might go for you know for a, on a discounted price, just considering he was released and teams might want to stay away from him for that. So he might go discounted, but for the most part, man, I think you got a quarterback that's kind of saying if somebody's gonna get paid around here, it better be me first. I don't think it should be, but 
It is what it is. Well, that's another topic for another day. But uh, one thing going for Dallas is that they did just restructure the contract of uh, left tackle Tyron Smith, and I think that freed up like $7 million in cap space for them. So very, very timely. Things uh, seem to be falling in the right place for them to make a move possibly. And, uh, hey, man, it didn't happen the first time around. Earl Thomas going to Dallas ended up going to the Ravens. I know that the Chiefs had a chance at him. I mean, Maybe this is the perfect opportunity to get him on a little bit of a hometown discount, get him back in Austin, Dallas, Texas area. Um, and you just you get him on a better deal because you had just had a team cut him for uh, personality I mean, issues. I don't know. I see Earl Thomas going to a team that's going to be built to win soon. I'm not saying that <laughs> Dallas. I'm just that's not I'm not I'm not knocking <sighs> Dallas. I'm not knocking Dallas. I'm just saying as far as teams that are expected to win a Super Bowl, compete for one. I don't think the Cowboys are one of those yet. Oh, my gosh. I'm You're sorry. lucky we're up against the clock right I'm now. I'm just saying, man. <laughs> oh, now we care about the clock. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I see how it is. Oh, uh, man. So, yeah, it's interesting to see where uh, we go from here from Earl Thomas because, I mean, he is a polarizing player, especially here in the Northwest because of how many years he put in with the Seahawks, winning the Super Bowl. But, I mean, he is he's a character. I mean, <laughs> the lasting image of him getting – carted off the field in the air cast flipping off the Seahawks sideline. Um, Earl Thomas is an interesting dude. So yeah. he's always going to be someone to keep an eye on and Dallas make the call. Someone said returning the Seahawks. No, make it happen. Jerry. Will. Um, yeah. And I think the Seahawks, they like their young secondary. They want to yeah. see what they can do with them. So, all right. We got hater to love it. Rashad. I cur- curated one. I'm uh, pushing buttons. I'm hosting over here, but I was able to get a hater to love it together. That's what's up. So let's do it next. Text us 503-250-1080. Tweet at us this last, last half hour of the show to interact. But we got hated or love it coming up next. But first, Sports Center update. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Hate it or love it. I guess we won't keep points this time around. I mean, no, I suppose not. I'll I'll just give myself just a ton of points. I win. I win already. Uh, Whatever, dude. All right, but I got a three for you here, Rashad. Let's hear them. Okay, we'll start with our Blazers first. Um, game one was fantastic. That was all nice and dandy. But the Lakers, they've uh, they've changed the tune of the series a little bit with a dominating game two victory where LeBron and AD didn't even have to play 30 minutes. And uh, last night, imposing their will, LeBron being dominant again. Um that's going to turn into a Brady conversation as we go forward with his career. It's like, is LeBron done? And then he's going to pull out games like this where he drops 38 points. Dude is unreal. So the Blazers now down 2-1 in this series. A must-win game four. But as I mentioned, the tune has changed. So hate it or love it, Rashad, the Blazers done in five games. Mm. Uh, I hate it. Uh, I, I, I'm going to stick with what I've been saying is that the Blazers are a better team than the Lakers are. The Lakers have better superstar players, and that's just what it is, man. Like, LeBron James is an all-time great, will arguably be the greatest basketball player that's ever 
that's ever played. Um, Anthony Davis is on his way to being one of the best power forwards and one of the best big men uh, the NBA has ever seen. Uh, Damian Lillard has uh, is one of the greatest leaders that the NBA has had, really, or and, and, and especially currently right now, man, the things Dame can do for his team uh, is incredible. But he's going to need everybody else to step up. He's going to need some other guys on his team to carry him for once in a while so this way he doesn't have to do uh, do all the heavy lifting for his team. You've seen, I've liked what you've seen for Carmelo. You like what you've seen from CJ, even playing with the fractured back. And I think it's important that we keep mentioning that, like that back probably hasn't healed all the way, but he's still playing through it and playing pretty well. But the rest of the Blazers need to show up if they're going to help the Lakers. But if LeBron, LeBron and Anthony Davis can go off for 80, you just need to make sure that those other guys don't hit you for another 25. And if you can do that, then you have a great chance to win. Yeah, because the Lakers, they've been playing fantastic defense. They've been locking down the Blazers. Um, I want to say game one, Blazers shot like 40%. Game two, less than 40%. And then game three, it was a 41% shooting performance for the Blazers. So someone texted in earlier today, you know, tired legs means a lot of missed shots. And I think that's what we're starting to run into with the Blazers. And I'll text them back. They better get some uh, cold tubs or something like that, because (laughs) guess what? This is just the first series. And yeah. if the Blazers indeed do win, they got to play three more just like it. Yep. So, yeah. Good luck. Have to figure that out. Yeah. So, uh, moving on to the next one. One of my favorite players in the league, Luka Doncic, man. He is a problem. I really like that Dallas team. I know they're the seventh seed and the Clippers are starting to seem like they're pulling away in that series as well. Would have loved to see Kristaps stay in the game in game one to see where that, where we would be at now. But um, just to get back to Luca, that dude is unreal. Just every time I watch him play, I believe that he will be a future MVP in this league at some point. Question is, hater to love it, Rashad, Luka Doncic will win multiple MVPs. Who? Multiples, like, are we saying two? At least two. Um, I could could love that. Um, Luka Doncic is, what, 20 years old? I believe 20, 21, 20, yeah. 21 years old uh, uh, already, you know, is averaging 28 points, eight assists, you know, nine and a half rebounds for his career, for his, uh, for the year. Like this is somebody who's still learning how to play an NBA game. You're talking about the youngest EuroLeague MVP of all time. The EuroLeague, which is not a, which is not the weak league. No. You know what I'm saying? If you play in the Euros, you're really, 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 really good. You know, and that means you've been playing professionally since you were maybe 13 or 14. So here Luca is. He's six foot seven. He's two hundred and thirty pounds. He's got long arms. He can dribble past you. He can shoot past you. He is. He's not. He's like James Harden in the sense that he's not super fast, but he's effective with every move that he takes. Like there's not these James Harden's not going to wow you with how quick he crosses somebody over. It's just these little subtle things that he does. Like damn it, I should have been able to block that. He's got a very. Damn it, I should have been able to steal that. <laughs> His like, game reminds me a lot of what I would see at the YMCA. He doesn't look like he's supposed to be good, right? <laughs> right. Like Luke, nothing about Luca says he's supposed to be good, but then he gets out there and plays and like man, you just the way you move and the way you do things is so smooth. And when you're that good, when you're that big, and you play point guard. And you can make everybody else on your team better. You're always going to be in the running for an MVP. So if he's, his team can make it to a third seed, a, a fourth seed or something like that, man, please believe Luka Doncic's name is going to be in the MVP race. Absolutely. Man, how about Dallas, though? Lucky bastards, man. They have Dirk for however many years. And, and then they get Luka. Yeah, are you kidding me? Yeah, like it's it's one of those things, man. If they can they can hang on to him, man. We got to talk about the best owner in sports, man, Mark Cuban. Like we got to make – that's – barring nobody like mark cuban is the overall best he's a 
He's a great businessman. He's a super fan of the game and of the team and everything like that. Like he just he he. How many other um, owners do you see on the sideline jumping, hollering, getting into it with referees you, and getting and getting ejected from the game? Like it doesn't happen like that. You He's can a make, real fan. Yeah, yeah. You can make the case that uh, the counter owner of that series, Steve Ballmer. Steve Ballmer. That's it. You <laughs> Very know what I'm saying? Like like, that, yeah, yeah. That Steve Ballmer is the only other guy, and he's just he's somebody that's just so excited to have an NBA team. Like, yeah. yes, this is awesome <laughs> to me. But outside of that, man, we saw Paul Allen sit on the on the baseline every game with his arms crossed, like he was angry to be rich. You know, so it was just one of those things, man. Like you love to see. Um, Mark Cuban make great decisions and get another great player like Luca's going to be in the future. Yeah, I love it too, just because uh, I see Luca at least definitely getting one and just it was a regular season numbers 28.8 points a game, 9.4 rebounds a game, 8.8 assists a game. Wow. Like, you dude, know, like, dude is unreal. He's, and, he's, and he's still got so much time to learn and grow and become a better player. Yeah, so I once hope- that happens, it's, it's, a, it's a wrap for the rest, the, a lot of the Western Conference. LeBron will be gone in three years. Right. Uh, you know we'll, that this, we'll see. This, this Lakers, <laughs> this Lakers run should be his last one. Yeah, like, yeah. I, like if he plays for another team, it'll be Cleveland for another like couple years, and that's it. But for the most part, this Lakers run should be LeBron's last. Like, hurrah! Yeah, for the most part. Uh, Luka Doncic uh, listed as questionable for Game Four. Probably going to play though. I would imagine. Um, kind of a must-win for the Mavericks as well. You don't want to go down three-one to the Clippers. So. Uh, all right, now to our last one, all NBA today. The Toronto Raptors. Uh, congrats to Nick Nurse. I know he's listening. He's a big fan of Sports Sunday. Uh, winning Coach of the Year this year. Um, just seriously, all the props to him to lose Kawhi and have that team do what they've done this year. Uh, very impressive. So, hater to love it, Rashad. The Raptors, they win the Eastern Conference second year in a row. Man, I love it. Um, I'm looking at the East, and Boston is good, but Boston's still really young, and they're gonna still gonna make some some young mistakes. And Boston's still very small, you know, in comparison to a lot of teams. Um, you look at the uh, obviously Philly is gonna get bounced today, so that's gonna be it for them. Um, what other team really makes you nervous there? Like I'm not obviously the Bucks. Milwaukee they're does not they're make the one me seed. Milwaukee does not make me nervous. Milwaukee has a bunch of dudes that were cast off from the Blazers team. There's like four Blazers <laughs> on the Milwaukee Bucks right now. It's very like, true. Seriously, so it's like Giannis is great, but Giannis can't make a free throw down the stretch when it when it really his three he really needs it. His, his three point yeah. his three pointer it's better, but it's still not great. It so looks if, busted. So sometimes. if you can, so the one thing about the playoffs is you're not playing against the Phoenix Suns anymore. Ooh, actually, let me let me use another team. You're not playing against the Sacramento Kings anymore. You know, you're playing against the best of the best, and especially as you get closer and closer to the conference finals, you're playing the best team from your conference. You're not going to get easy shots like you're used to. You're not going to get easy just looks at the basket and stuff. So just like we saw last year against Toronto, like he had trouble. And when he had to get on the free throw line and really make things happen and make things happen away from the rim, he couldn't do it. Giannis opens everything up for everyone else. Chris Middleton is able to become a great spot-up shooter because everybody's focused on Giannis driving to the basket. It's the Shaq effect. When everybody's focused on Shaq, like, oh, here, Robert Ory, here, Rick Fox, here, Kobe, do your thing on the on the perimeter because everybody's focused on getting beat by me. When the rest of the team is focused on getting beat by them, that's when they get to – but if he can't get to that point, if he can't get to the point, put to the paint, or if they make it hard for him to get to the paint, and Toronto's a great defensive team, they make it hard for him to get to the paint, like, all those other guys become a little ineffective. Now you're asking Wesley Matthews to make – plays for you on the on the perimeter now you're really asking chris middleton who can do it to make more plays for you on the perimeter and i just don't think that team is set up like that hey don't forget about playoff p 
Pat Connaughton. Oh right? man, but Pat Connaughton <laughs> is is great. But then I look over on Toronto and I forget. Like man, they they've got a legit roster. Man, Fred Van Vliet has you know is is built for big playoff moments. We saw it. Pascal Pascal Siakam has taken over and become the new Kawhi yeah. over there. Like everything that Kawhi did for them last year. He does for them now. He takes the he he takes the rebounding load. He takes the defensive load. He gets to the basket whenever he wants to. Like he's become the Kawhi Leonard of this team. Kyle Lowry is still a great leader. You still got Norman Powell and Powell Gasol and 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 uh, Rondé. You still have a team of dudes that man knew how to win and were there before. I still think Toronto's the best team despite of Milwaukee having the best player. Man, yeah, they got some length too. I mean, when you look at the the paint, you got Marc Gasol who is just one of my favorite players in the league, too. Serge Ibaka's still there, and it's easy to kind of forget, you know, about that guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have some people on this team that are committed to winning, and they play an unselfish style of basketball, and I think that's super important. Former Blazers draft pick, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, long defender there. Chris Boucher, the swatter boy, former Oregon Duck. He's been... He's had a great year for them, too, coming yes, off has. the bench. So. Yes, he has. So now you're you're just looking at uh, this team, and I look at this Milwaukee team, and I'm saying I think Toronto is just – they're just gutsier at this point, and I think that's that's what it's going to take. It's going to take some dog. And don't forget about Kyle Lowry, yeah. you know, one of the best leaders in, in the NBA, one of the most underrated players in the league until he gets to right around this point, and people start realizing, oh, okay, I guess Lowry is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. If it's not the Raptors, because I really do like the Raptors. I like that team. I like Nick Nurse. Um, it's not I just Raptors. don't want to see Drake anymore. <laughs> I just don't want to see him on the sidelines. Like every time the Raptors do something good, pan to Drake. And it's like, <laughs> well, hey, uh, he's not going to be there. You know, they're in the bubble. Oh, they, he's going to find a way to be there. <laughs> he like he's like a part owner, right? Yeah, he's like the team ambassador. Yeah, so he's going like to find that. a way to be in the building. I'm sure he's already barked up that tree, and they. Uh, he's been trying since he heard about the restart to get tickets. I almost guarantee it. <laughs> Listen, Drake, we just can't make it happen. We're sorry. If he writes a big enough check, then, yeah, expect him on the sidelines. Oh, it's going to happen. Of the Eastern Conference Finals. All right. Last segment with Rashad and I. It's been fun these last two weeks, man. Yeah, man. We've been doing our thing. Who needs Mike? <laughs> Mike, you can stay in Jersey, bro, if you're listening. Well. Bring I, me back some Wawa. Bring back some rum ham. I want some rum ham. That sounds good. That sounds All right. Good. We are going to wrap this baby up and send you on to the rest of your Sunday here on Sports Sunday on 1080 The Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, last few minutes of Rashad and I here on Sports Sunday. Rashad, how would you feel about being thrown into a giant vat of mimosa? Probably better than being thrown into a giant vat of, like, Bloody Mary. I was, I'd probably enjoy the Bloody Mary much more. Oh. Uh, but it might be spicy because, <laughs> you know, the, I like Tabasco in mine. But uh, it doesn't sound like the worst thing ever being thrown into a vat of mimosa. I, the reason I bring this up is because I, I don't watch wrestling nearly as much as I did as a, as a child. Right. But uh, yesterday at my other place of work in the back room TV, they had the AEW, which is the... All Elite Wrestling. Yeah, thank you. That's uh, Chris Jericho's basically branch Cody of... Uh, oh, Cody, oh, that's uh, son of Goldust? Dusty, the brother of Goldust, son of Dusty. Gotcha. him. Okay, so we know who watches wrestling here. Hey, man, I'm a big wrestling nerd, <laughs> man. It's admitted. It's all good. But uh, Chris Jericho proposed to uh, one wrestler whose name is... 
Orange Cassidy. There you go. Orange Cassidy. And apparently Chris Jericho's big thing is a little bit of the bubbly. He likes to drink champagne all the time now. And wrestling, I understand you don't have fans in the arena anymore. You have to have something that's visually appealing, gimmicky, that will have people watch. And so Chris Jericho is going to have a mimosa mayhem match where... Mm. The winner has to uh, basically throw the other wrestler into a giant vat of mimosa. Sounds delicious. It does. I'm honestly, when it comes to breakfast alcoholic beverages, I I uh, lean towards mimosas more so than Bloody Marys. I'm gonna go with the Bloody Mary. It's because uh, I mean I know a place to get a great like bacon Bloody Mary, which is I'll, super good. I'll take a Bloody Mary if it has like a giant burger on a stick on the no, side. Like I it. know some places do that, like a slider or something like that. That would be delicious, man. You but, know, but um, man, I've never been a Bloody Mary fan. I, I just, I find it hard to believe that really, I feel like we, as a society, we trick ourselves into thinking Bloody Marys are good. When, when other days do we drink tomato juice? Well, I mean, what, I mean, we have the Some Avant- people drink tomato juice. I'm not <laughs> the one Avanti market has had tomato juice sitting in there for the last six months, still untouched. No one wants it. Okay, hey, I mean it's only good for Bloody Marys. Like some people drink tomato juice just because. Like I'm man, girl, it only doesn't like orange juice, but only drink it with uh, or doesn't like uh, orange juice or champagne, but will drink mimosas all the time. Like really, so I know a lot of people that are that are like that. Like I said, I don't really like tomato juice like that like I'll, <laughs> I'll i'll like spruce it up and if i do drink it like i've got to have some lemon and some it's got to be like almost damn near a virgin bloody mary well or that, something like that for me to drink then again i feel like vodka is almost the most universally disliked spirit liquor Vodka's of like disgusting. all of them vodka is disgusting but you're telling me that tomato juice which again six days out of the week no one really likes until sunday morning watching nfl and vodka, again, the alcohol that basically nobody likes. Man, I don't drink Coke. Do you drink Coke? Coca-Cola? Yeah. I don't mind a uh, nice ice-cold Coca-Cola. I don't drink Coke. I don't drink rum either. Put the two together. <laughs> I don't drink Red Bull. I don't drink vodka. Put the two together, though. You know what I mean? It's just okay. one of those things. Like, there's some things that are just universally bad, like, on their own, but then you put them together, and it's like, huh, I guess that's not as bad. You thought the, the, the mimosa match was good. Man, how about this? Former NFL punter, I was going to say player, but punter. <laughs> hey, punters are players, too. Punters are players, too. Shout out to all the punters out there. Um, Pat McAfee actually wrestled last night against uh, a guy named Adam Cole for WWE. And one, and guess what? McAfee Held his didn't own? look half bad, man. He looked like he'd been <laughs> practicing and doing this. He looked pretty good. He did a, The first thing he did was a big uh, somersault off the top rope. Hell yeah. To the outside. And, and, and it looked really good. I was like, okay, somebody's been practicing. Yeah, most uh, athletic move he's made in a while. Well, I mean, remember, Pat McAfee could hit, too. He did we lay got, a hat. That. You're like, right. Yeah, I mean, he could, if you were running, like, he would be one of those guys to lay a hat on you. So shout out to all the punters that can actually hit. <laughs> and that want to hit, too. Yes. Yeah. Maybe I uh, catch Pat McAfee's next match. Absolutely. You should. I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, keep me in tune on the wrestling schedule there. Will do. All right, I appreciate everyone sticking with us the last two weeks. We had a great time, Rashad and I, him hosting last week, me hosting this week, and Mike will be back to be running things. I hope he's enjoyed his time in Joyzy. Bring back some rum ham, seriously. Bring back some Wawa sandwiches. (laughs) So, uh, again, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. It looks beautiful out here on the south waterfront. Hopefully not going to be too hot. 
But again, enjoy your Sunday. Enjoy the rest of your week. And thanks again for listening to Sports Sunday here on 1080 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.